And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. All kinds of stuff going on inside and outside the octagon with Brendan Tobin and Jake Noaker. You know me. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. So, Daniel Pineda, round two sub over Tucker Lutz. Congratulations if you're holding on to that ticket. Cowboy Cerrone is now a Hall of Famer. I think it was only a matter of time. We've got a fight going on right now. We'll keep you updated on that. And the K-State Wildcats, Kansas State, how about that, is up five points over Florida Atlantic. Apparently, BT lives like five minutes from Florida Atlantic. Who knew? I live like an hour and change away from Manhattan, Kansas. Right now, 52-45 Wildcats over the Owls, BT. It is crazy that this tournament has produced. We've been talking about it for a long time, right? Like at some point, it's not going to be one of the big dogs of the Blue Bloods. But then we're always wrong. By the end, it is always one of those teams. This year, it ain't going to be. At least probably not. I yeah, that's right. It's UConn or Gonzaga. Maybe it's Miami. Who knows, man? It's, it's, been, it's been a crazy tournament so far. Listen, as uh, kind of the redheaded stepchild of the ACC, nobody likes to acknowledge that Miami has been a good basketball program. Not, a, not elite. We've been so- Jim Larnega has a very nice Miami career. Really everybody good. thought he was coming here to retire. Really good. And not elite, but really good. These Dukes and Carolinas, they're like, oh, Miami, is. Uh, they bought their team. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to sports now. That's how you're supposed to do it. You buy your backcourt, you do what you can, and you have really old players to beat up these punk kids. I love it. Jim Larinaga is great. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I think that, think about it. It's Miami. It's a football. I was going to say it's a football school. Uh, Back in my day, when I used to walk uphill in the snow, it was a football school. That's the funny thing. That's the funny thing, man. In his time, since he's been in Miami, he's gotten people to actually care and get to that building, which used to be empty. Um, And he has had, it's not even close, way more success than the football program. Last year, made it to the Elite Eight, got knocked out eventually by um, the Kansas Jayhawks. Was it the year before that that they got screwed? Somebody hit a shot against them, right, to, to knock them out just a yes. couple of years ago. Uh, was it Loyola? They, Loyola, Chicago, I think it was. It was. It was. It was. It was yeah. a Sister Jean squad that knocked them out. And then this year, dude, I was going to text you, but I didn't want to jinx it because I put a lot of money down on the Hurricanes yesterday. An eight-and-a-half-point underdog by the time that tipped off on BetMGM. That is super disrespectful. And I know that Houston's good. I know they racked up a bunch of wins. So is Miami. I mean, Miami is legit good. Like, I think if they played Houston 10 times on a neutral court, it's five and five. The fact that they were getting eight and a half points, I took the points on one parlay, hit that one. I also had them flat out on the money line at like plus 260. So it's been crazy when it comes to March Madness. And speaking of upsets, our sport, the UFC, mixed martial arts, produces the best of all. In my opinion, you always call it the goosies, right? When you kind of start to get that feeling, no matter what sport it is, the difference between basketball and football and baseball and fighting, you don't have a lot of time to think about it in fighting. Just think about when Juliana Pena started looking like, oh my God, she might actually take care of Amanda Nunez. Or when Nate Diaz started actually hitting Conor McGregor in the face, you're thinking to yourself, "This, this could actually happen. So let's look back at some of the best upsets in UFC history. Let's go ahead and start with Rockhold and Bisping part two. Now that was at UFC 199. Remember those guys had already gone at it before. It basically looked like the count was done. And then he came back and won that fight, knocked him out. Just an unbelievable fight. One that's going to live on forever. 
Yeah, I think he also took that fight on super short notice as well. I think Bisping was like shooting a movie. I don't remember if it was like Triple X or one of the expendables. Who the hell can keep up at this point? But he was doing some movie and they asked him on short notice who wants to fight Luke Rockhold. And I think I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings watching that. It's always funny. You know what I love about it is I love going and watching upsets at sports bars too. It just feels like it's just got a little different level of uh, enthusiasm. Although I do recall at the time, I think that was a really sad Buffalo Wild Wings. There was like nobody there at the time. Not like when I was uh, there for some other upsets, which I'm sure we'll get to later on. But yeah, that Bisping thing was crazy because everybody kind of, he was, he was in a lot of ways, you know, we talk about Cowboy, the guy who didn't get to put the cherry on top of his career. Bisbing was in that spot of like, ah, good fighter, but he's never going to get to the mountaintop. What is Bisbing's career going to be? And so for him to get that moment against Luke Rockhold was absolutely huge. It was a, it was a huge upset, a huge moment to do it on short notice and a grudge match too. Those two hated each other. So that was a fun one. A real grudge match, and they were great on the microphone afterwards. And think about what happened at UFC 100, and then that, for that to happen at 199. Like, you want to talk about full circle. The most recent one, I would say, was, and we brushed on it there for just a second, was Julian Apena versus Amanda Nunes. Nunes, I would say for the last maybe three years, has widely been regarded as the female goat of MMA. For a while, we talked about this fighter or that fighter, but it's been pretty well established. And then I thought she was almost unbeatable until that night when Juliana Pena took her out. Pena came in as a seven and a half to one underdog. Of course, we've seen what happened since, but I don't think that takes anything away. You could argue that Amanda was just off that night, but man, it was fun to watch it happen. Yeah, definitely. And that was, I think you're right. I think she had one of those rare things in sports where she was pretty undebatable. Like nobody really could touch the crown of the, the resume she had, the people that she had beaten. So yeah, she was the unquestioned women's goat of mixed martial arts. And to see her lose like that in pretty, uh, not only just stunning fashion, just such a deflating effort from her, from her standpoint in that second round. Um, it was pretty crazy. And, and I think that gave people a lot of confidence that she probably was going to bounce back the next time around because she just it did. She looked unrecognizable in that performance. But even still, Juliana Pena, you think about all the things that she went through to get to that point, the knee injuries, you know, coming back in her career because she was going to kind of be that chosen one of these young up and comers. And it took a long time for her to get there. So it was a really cool story on top of it being a great upset. Not all that different now that you mention it, though, at least at the end of the fight, McGregor-Diaz part one. I mean, at that point, McGregor comes in undefeated in the UFC. It looks like he's basically unbeatable, and he comes in as a three-to-one underdog. I should say favorite, and a short fight for Nate. And like you know, and then at the end of it, eventually, when Connor gave up his back, it happened pretty quick. Maybe that's being a little bit harsh, because I guess Amanda looked, Amanda looked bad that night from the walk to the very end of the fight. She just didn't look like herself to the point where I was questioning if she still had it anymore. Of course, at that point, she got married and she had, you know, had, had a kid that she was, you know, a lot of life things that she was dealing with outside the octagon. Since then, I kind of have to rethink it. In the case of McGregor and Diaz, that was another one, though, where I think 90% of the people going into it thought this is going to be a really fun fight, but I know how it's going to finish. And then all of a sudden, man, once Nate got in a couple of good shots and Connor turned, it was Joe Rogan was all of us that night, right? Like, I, I, I rewatch that fight whenever I possibly can, whenever I'm feeling down. That's the one that gets me up, BT. One of my favorite fights of all time because one of the biggest upsets of all time. 
I mean, you're talking about Conor McGregor as one of the biggest things in sports at that time. You know, you're you're rolling off of the Jose Aldo knockout. You his original plan was to go take on RDA, and RDA falls out with the the broken foot or rib. I forget what it was. I think it was a foot. And so, yeah, he's fighting Nate Diaz, who, you know, was hey, obviously he's got the Diaz name, but it wasn't like he was this championship quality guy. He just had a recognizable, you know, a recognizable fan base. They were going to fight at 170. And, you know, it was uh, it was absolutely a, a thriller because Connor at that point seemed impenetrable. Like nobody was going to beat this guy. He predicted the knockout. He got knockouts whenever he wanted. And for Nate to get that uh, in the fashion that he did was uh, one of the, yeah, it's one of the iconic nights in the, the sports history. If you're checking us out, driving around on the BetQL network all over the place, we really appreciate you. Let me let you behind the scenes here, kind of how this works, right? Let me, let, let, let me join us behind the curtain for a minute. So me and Brandon, we're, you can see us on Twitch and hear us on the microphone. We've got our producer that he's either in our ear telling us stuff or he's typing stuff on the side. Jake, go ahead and take the microphone because Jake typed in on the side, Masvidal versus Askren was a huge upset too. Askren was a minus 200. I, I feel like I feel like BT's about to do a live on this one. I why It was a mild why? upset. I mean, Ben Askren was a was a good enough fighter outside the promotion. I get it. He hadn't lost. and He was he like a social media darling. Rough. Yeah. You think that was a huge upset? I think it was an unbelievable finish. I think it was an all-time great. I think it happened. It's an iconic You think finish. that was a huge upset, though? You think that was an upset, It upset me. Upset? It upset me. <laughs> I don't know why you'd bring me on the radio to talk about it. I'm not a fan of George. But, yeah, that was a big upset. Askren closes like a minus be... 220. Man, In five seconds. You guys are gonna be so mad when Jorge Masvidal wins over Gilbert Burns in a couple weeks, and he sneaks in for that title shot, that, aren't you? I know, I know that's what you really hope happens, and I can't believe that I can't believe that we figured out a situation the way that Masvidal's looked the last few years that he actually that like he's actually maybe one fight away from fighting from the belt again, and things have fallen that way. But be honest, Brendan. Be honest. Mm -hmm. You're an honest guy. You yeah. don't. You don't actually think Jorge Masvidal is going to be. Look at the odds. He's like more than a four to one underdog for. A I'll tell you what. I like the odds. I think that's one of the things that I'm going to put my money on. We always talk this about guy. like I'm getting Jorge this Masvidal guy. at this number. I think I am going to take that quite frankly, and I'm going to be ringside to see it. And I cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. And I say this as somebody who genuinely loves Gilbert Burns too. So it, you know, if that does, if he does end up winning, you know, house money. But. um, you know, I I think it's a it's a cool story. It's it is like if you, everybody's writing this guy off, he basically is at the end of his career. Uh, it, I think in very many ways, he's he's it, this is make or break. If he loses this fight, I really don't know what's left for him. BKFC, but if he wins, yeah, he definitely will be lined up to either, like you said, take on Leon Edwards or Colby Covington down the line. Um, but that over Askren, no, that was that was not an upset. I'll tell you what was That's a sneaky so upset though. You know what's a weird upset that people always forget? TJ Dillashaw beating Henan Barrow. Henan Barrow, was a yeah. Look, huge underdog. He and was. then he goes and huge. ends up being this champion that everybody was just like, oh, like TJ Dillashaw, you expected. But like nobody was going to think that at the time when TJ ended up winning the belt when he did. Henan Barrow had won like 20 fights in a row. Dillashaw was like a 10 to 1 underdog or something like that. I think it's because he beat him again and he whooped his ass again the second time. I think that's what it was. People were like, okay, well, TJ's just a better fighter. Maybe we disrespected him a little bit. 
TJ's had a weird career, man, while we're talking about things like that. Like, at that point, he was kind of likable, and he was the dude, and he was the champion. Then he had all the different stuff with all the different guys with Uriah Faber and with, obviously, Cody. Like, all the – it's just – he just had a weird career. Uh, Let me finish off this upset list that I had just because I took some time on it. Silva versus Weidman at UFC 162. Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey. By the way, Holly Holm's going to fight within an hour here. We'll keep you updated on that on the BetQL Network. And the greatest upset of all time in any sport at any time, Matt Serra took out GSP. What? What? That's like me fighting a bear at the zoo and and me winning. I'm not going to do that. One hour of the books coming up next. You're going to fight me? You're locked into the BetQL Network.